You're listening to Pondering the Bible, a deeper dive into the books of the Bible. Greetings and welcome to Pondering the Bible. I'm your co-host, Ken Corkins, and with me, as always, is my longtime friend and pastor, Rocky Ellison. Hello. This is Season 9, Episode 2, and as always, we pray that we're sponsored by the Holy Spirit. Amen. All right, so we're in kind of a betwixt kind of season here. Yeah. Uh, It's not quite Christmas time yet, and it's past, well, we just finished our walk through the book of Ephesians, and so we're kind of bouncing into this topical area. Right. And so what we've been, we started last week kind of talking about, is heaven real? Right. That was part of all saints. And so now we've got three weeks until we traditionally start the Christmas season. Right. What are we doing for these next three weeks? The Global Methodist Church is a liturgical denomination. There are lots of liturgical denominations. Uh, The word liturgy is a Greek word that means public practice. Um, From the years 1000 AD to about 1500 AD, the vast majority of the Christian world was illiterate, couldn't read or write. Even if they could read or write, they didn't read Latin. That was only for the higher, upper educated classes. So they couldn't read a Bible. And so the Roman Catholic Church decided to do these liturgies, these public practices to help people understand their faith. Um, they brought pictures of Jesus into the sanctuary. Uh, in a Roman Catholic church, you'll have the Stations of the Cross. Uh, I think it's 12 uh, pictures that show you what happened in the last 24 hours of Jesus's life so that they would understand and remember the passion, even though they couldn't read. And we begin to memorize uh, certain things. That's when memorizing the Lord's Prayer or the rosary, became really important. So for people who couldn't read, they could at least have this one thing to hang on to. And as part of that, this public practice, the church set up specific events on their own calendar that run throughout the year. We just celebrated All Saints Sunday mm-hmm. last week, every every year on the first Sunday of November. Two weeks, well, three weeks, three Sundays from that, from All Saints is Christ the King Sunday, where we stop and we really celebrate the majesty and the authority and the lordship of Jesus. And we've got two weeks from, from now until then, so I'm trying to figure out what to do with that time. Well, there are three offices that Jesus holds. He is prophet, priest, and king. And in three weeks, we're going to do Christ the King. So I decided this week, let's do Christ the prophet. Next week, we'll do Christ the priest. And then on Christ the King Sunday, we'll do Christ the King. So, Sounds like a good plan. Yeah. So that's, and then that'll take us into Advent, the beginning of the Christmas season. So that's okay. where you and I are going. Jesus holds those three offices. Okay. So tonight we'll be talking about <laughs> Jesus as the prophet. Yes. And so we'll be talking a lot about prophecy and how Jesus, one, fulfilled pro- prophecy and two, laid out some prophecies. And we'll talk about what it takes to become or how do you know he's a prophet? Yes. That's the kind of thing we'll talk about tonight. Right. Okay. Outstanding. Um, so what reading did you pick to kick us off? We are reading from the book of Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy means second 
law. Moses gives the Israelites all of the laws from God in the book of Exodus. He comes down from Mount Sinai and gives them the law. Well, 40 years later, when it's time to uh, leave the wilderness and enter into Canaan, Moses is not allowed to go. So he gives them the law one more time, and he inserts a couple moments of personal privilege (laughs) as he does this, and and so before he sends them off with Joshua as their new leader. So we're reading from chapter 18, uh, verses 15 through 18 in Deuteronomy. And we're reading from the New Living Translation. Yes, reading from the New Living Translation. Moses continued, The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among your fellow Israelites. You must listen to him, for this is what you yourselves requested of the Lord your God when you were assembled at Mount Sinai. You said, don't let us hear the voice of the Lord our God anymore or see his blazing fire, for we will die. Then the Lord said to me, what they've said is right. I will raise up a prophet like you from among their fellow Israelites. I will put my words in his mouth, and he will tell the people everything I command him. Amen. Amen. Okay, so yeah, that harkens back to when Moses walks down the mountain with, and it's been kind of cartoonish almost, where he walks down the the mountain with the Ten Commandments and drops the tablets and blah, blah, blah. But (laughs) the Lord Jehovah has given unto you these 15, 10, 10 commandments. God starts speaking to the crowd, giving the law, and they're like, ah, stop. And so that's why they come up with this. We don't want to hear direct from God because it's just too much for our little heads. To them, it sounded like massive thunder and terrified them, the voice of God. They they don't want any more of that. (laughs) So, okay, so that's how we kind of got to where where prophets were required rather than hearing direct from God. Now, sometimes I would think, ah, eh, we should have stuck her up the God thing, but, you know, <laughs> but that's just me. Okay, so kind of, we're not going to read this one verse by verse. Let's no. just kind of take it topically. But yeah. so it starts off, though, with what does Moses mean when he says a prophet like me? Yeah, that's really, uh, that's interesting because, Many, many prophets are going to come along between Moses and Jesus. Right. But, and, and many of them, in fact, you might even think are, are more significant prophets than Moses. He doesn't do a lot of prophecy. Men like Elijah and Elisha and Isaiah, yes. these guys do some fantastic prophecy. So you might think that they're even better than Moses. So is that who he was talking about? Moses is unique because he holds all three offices. Moses is a prophet. Moses was the high priest until he passed it off to his brother Aaron. Mm -hmm. And Moses operates with the authority of a king. He uh, conducts legal judgments on the people of Israel. He determines when we go to war, where we go to war, how we fight the war. So Moses holds effectively, the three offices of prophet, priest, and king. And what he's really saying in this prophecy is, one day, somebody else is going to come along like me. There's one more coming who will hold all three offices, prophet, priest, and king. That's the guy to look for. Right, because we've had, like you said, multiple prophets, but they were not, they weren't like a king. No. And they weren't priests, but there were priests, but they weren't prophets. And yeah. they, you know, so there was never anybody other than Moses and say Jesus that held all three offices at the same time. By the time 
Israel becomes really established as a nation, those are three separate and distinct offices, and they cannot overlap. Right. Uh, and there's this really weird interrelationship between them. The national prophet is chosen by God, not by anybody else. God selects this man. You're going to be my prophet. You're going to speak for me. Whether or not he wants to. Right. Whether or not he wants to. And the prophet doesn't run anything, he says, by the priest, or the high priest or the king. He goes directly to the people and, and spits out his prophecy. But he doesn't do anything about law or temple work. He just does. Here's what God told me to say to you people. Mm -hmm. The uh, high priest is chosen by the king. And his job is just keep the temple running. Right. You know, make sure that Passover happens on Passover and that Yom Kippur happens on Yom Kippur. Don't let anything get by us. You just keep the festivals and the temple operating. That's the job of the high priest. And then there's the king who is the, the legal guardian of the nation. It's his job to make law and to wage warfare for the benefit of the population. Now, the, the, high, the, the national prophet is chosen by God. The national prophet from God, picks the king. Right. I'm the king Samuel, is then yeah. ordained and blessed by the high priest, who the king picks the high priest. So you've got this really weird relationship between these three guys of who picks who, who validates who, and how they all dance around each other to keep the nation moving forward the way that it should. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like fun, not. <laughs> all right. So then... Speaking of prophets, what was actually expected of a prophet? You know, most people have a real big misconception there. We are very familiar with Gentile prophets, and Gentile prophets actually were more practitioners of magic and divination. They were self-taught or trained by a father. They were never called by a god. It was just a career field that you decided, I want to go into. I think I want to be a prophet, and you did your training, and if you were lucky, you got hired by the king. That was the best job of all. If right. not, you got hired by a big business somewhere. And your job was to give specific answers to specific questions. The king comes to you and he says, do I go to war next week or not? Mm -hmm. And so you would slaughter a bull and rip open its its guts, and then you'd put your hands in there and, and dig through its entrails, and you would divine magically an answer, a yes or no answer, whether the king should go to war or not. Now, most prophets, Gentile prophets, were still kind of evasive in their right. their answers. It was more of a magic eight ball kind of, right. kind of thing that they would they would give. But and and so and that was their that was their whole job. I train myself, I do little ceremonies to produce a specific answer to a specific question. In Israel, it's a completely different animal. And, and most of us, when we read, you know, Elijah was a prophet, we think, oh, he's giving specific answers to specific questions. In Jewish expectation, the prophet is called by God um, and, and not self-sourced. Um, God has to pick you. God has to anoint you. God has to give you the information. And the vast majority of what a Jewish prophet would do would be to issue blessings and curses to the entire nation based on their behavior and their response to the will of God. Mm. So it's not 
do we go to war next week? Jewish prophets don't operate that way. Uh, I'm going to flip a couple pages here in Deuteronomy and go to Deuteronomy chapter 28, read you Moses's some of his final prophecies, because this is typical for Jewish prophecy. Cursed is anyone who carves or casts an idol and secretly sets it up. These idols, the work of craftsmen, are detestable to the Lord, and all the people will reply, Amen. Cursed is anyone who dishonors father or mother, and all the people will reply, Amen. Cursed is anyone who steals property from a neighbor by moving a boundary marker, and all the people will reply, <laughs> amen. And it goes on and on like that, these, these national curses for bad behavior on a, on a large scale. Then just a few verses later, Moses says, if you fully obey the Lord your God and carefully keep all his commands that I'm giving you today, the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the world. You will experience all these blessings if you obey the Lord your God. Your towns and your fields will be blessed. Your children and your crops will be blessed. The offspring of your herds and flocks will be blessed. And, and that's how it goes. Curses, you know, woes and blessings and joys. That's what a Jewish prophet did. It was kind of a, a carrot, carrot and a stick kind of thing. Yeah. You get the stick if you do these bad things and I'll, I'll bless you, give you the carrot if you do the right things by God's rules, not yeah. by man's rules. Don't be asking me, is it time to go to war? Don't be asking me, is it the right time to plant crops? That stuff is an entire different arena. Ask, how is the nation obeying the Lord who is God? Are we pleasing him? And and if we're not, we can expect woes. But if we are, we can expect blessings. Right. That's what the prophet delivers. Interestingly, the vast majority of Jewish prophets, when they're first called, their response is, no. Yeah. <laughs> That's n- <laughs> You can read that definitely, like, uh, but even Moses wasn't he kind of not all up for the the job initially? Not, He's like, I, I'm not a good talker. Yeah, I have a stutter or a, you know a lisp or whatever his speech impediment was. He's like, I'm not the guy to get up in front and talk to people. <laughs> so, How about my brother does yeah. that? Like, yeah, 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 that'll work. <laughs> it, but yeah, uh, most of the, it's not a fun job being no. a prophet because people don't like what you're bringing. I love the story of Jonah. God says, you're going to be a prophet. You're going to go to the nation of Assyria. You're going to go to the capital of Nineveh. And you're going to tell them to get their act together or I will curse them. And Jonah gets on a boat going the other direction. (laughs) I'll do anything but that. (laughs) That is classic prophet response to their calling uh, by the Lord God. Uh, I love Amos of of Tekoa. If you read his, his book of prophecy, God just starts talking, and there are six chapters of curses that are going to rain down from the sky and just destroy the world. And it's not until chapter 7 that Amos gets a chance to speak, and his (laughs) response is, no, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Don't want to do this. Never wanted to do this. <laughs> Lose my phone number. <laughs> and so very different there between Jewish prophets and Gentile prophets. Right. Gentiles said, yeah, I can go make, make a living be yeah. rich by doing this, right? Yeah. Give me a little fee and I'll tell you the future, right? Okay. So then it's quite obvious that Jewish prophets and Gentile prophets were completely different yes. in, in role and how they behaved and what types of messages they delivered, right? Yes. 
There is a period in Israel's history where they tried to do it the Gentile way. Oh, okay. Jeremiah is the prophet to kings Josiah, Jehoiakim, and Zedekiah. He is sent to those three kings, and he's sent to them because those three kings decided, let's do it like the Gentiles do it. Let's get a prophet school up and running, and we will handpick who goes to prophet school, and then the best ones will come work for the king, and they will answer specific questions. Do I go to war, yes or no? And they tried to do it the Gentile way. Now, none of these prophets were picked by God. Right. None of them. And so the big question that those three kings deal with is, is Babylon going to come and attack Jerusalem and destroy it? And they're paid prophets, of course, tell them, no, no. <laughs> God loves Jerusalem. God would never let a Gentile destroy his holy temple in Jerusalem. It's unthinkable. It cannot happen. No, you're not going to, to have to worry about the, the Babylonians showing up. And Jeremiah shows up about every month to tell the king, the Babylonians are coming, and they are going to wipe you out. You and your sons will die in captivity as slaves, and the holy temple is going to be destroyed. And so the kings keep putting Jeremiah in jail and punishing <laughs> him a variety of ways because that's not what they want to hear. And I, we have our own prophets. Well, they were not chosen by God. They were false prophets. And in fact, Jerusalem falls, and exactly as Jeremiah had predicted. Right. Okay. So how do you tell a true prophet from a, I want to be a prophet for right. prof, prophet for prophecy? A prophet for prophet. prophet, for prophet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, when Moses gives that, that reading in, in chapter 18 of, you know, one day a prophet like me will come to you, that was the people's response was, how do we know he's really a prophet? So back in chapter 18, mm -hmm. um, verses 20 through 22, uh, but any prophet who falsely claims to speak in my name or who speaks in the name of another god must die. But you may wonder, how will we know whether or not prophecy is from the Lord? If the prophet speaks in the Lord's name but his prediction does not happen or come true, you will know that the Lord did not give that message. That prophet has spoken without my authority and need not be feared. He actually gives us three rules there. First, God has to pick the prophet. The prophet cannot pick himself, right. or the king cannot pick the prophet. It's back like, like the early days. Only God chooses the prophet. The second rule is he can only prophesy in the name of God and only on behalf of God. So he can't be paid. If your prophet is earning a living, he's not a real prophet. Hmm. Yeah, only God can authorize him, and God doesn't pay his prophets. He uses his prophets. So if the king is paying the prophet, he's not a real prophet. And then the third one is, is the real obvious one. Whatever you say better happen exactly like you said it, or you are not a prophet. You cannot have one miss, not ever. Right, because if he's speaking for God, yeah, God doesn't lie. No. And so he has to tell the way it's going to be. Yes. But a lot of the prophecies are, if you do this, this happens. If you do that, that happens. And so you can be, I mean, there's still some variability yeah. in, in the outcome, but either way that if you do or if you don't do, what happens is what God said, that, told the prophet to tell you. 
Right. Uh, even I, know, within, I didn't explain that very yeah. well, but. <laughs> and even within that constraint, from time to time, God does give specific prophecy. So when Isaiah comes out and says, a virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, that's outrageous. That's yeah. crazy. That defies science. So it better happen or Isaiah is not a prophet. Right, but it took a long time for that to it happen. Did. It from did. Between the prophecy and the realization. Yes. And so, therefore, you kind of have to take the longer view because you might yeah. get a prophecy that's not going to happen tomorrow. This is not for next week. <laughs> right. This is, so, I'm giving you 700 years for the people to get ready. <laughs> <laughs> so, even if you read something today in the Bible, you say, well, that hasn't really happened yet. Yeah. It's, it's going to. Yeah. Because God doesn't lie. Now, interestingly... This is the one area where Jesus differs from traditional national prophets. They could only speak what God told them to say. And so when Jesus stands before the crowds and says to them, not, here's what the Lord God says, but he says, here's what I tell you. That was outrageous. He's just anointed himself as a prophet, empowered himself to speak on his own behalf. Right. He better be right. That's right. If you have ears to hear, <laughs> right? I say this, and yeah, he's, he's saying, I am a prophet, which means I am from God. Yes. Okay. Better come true. You better. <laughs> All right. And so the big, big question, I know my feeling, but was Jesus... A prophet. It's funny. A lot of people, if you ask them that, will go, no, no, he's my savior. He's not a prophet. Yes, he was. Jesus did function as a prophet. He, he spends three years predicting, prophesying that he will die as a result of his ministry, mm -hmm. that it'll be by crucifixion, that it will happen in Jerusalem at Passover. He uh, prophesies the betrayal by Judas. He prophesies the denials by Peter. He prophesies his resurrection and exactly when it will happen. The sign of Jonah. And he even goes on to prophesy the, the destruction of Jerusalem in 70 AD, right. one that you're well, well familiar with. And then Jesus gives us some prophecies which have not yet come true. They are the eschatological end time prophecies. Right. Jesus talks about what it's like when the world ends, and he gives us information we should listen to. In my research for this, I came across a couple interesting notes. In the Old Testament, depending on how you count them, and, and sources really differed, there are ever, anywhere from 325 to 574 prophecies that only Jesus fulfilled. Right. I've seen those lists. Yeah. So regardless of which list you go with, that's a huge number. So Jesus is both the object of prophecy and he is a giver of prophecy. So he's, right. he's a prophet in every, every possible way. Very cool. Okay, anything else you want to cover? You know, I came across one other interesting fact and tidbit. The Apostle Philip is a twin, and the Bible tells us that he had twin daughters. That's not a, a surprise. Twins frequently mm -hmm. have twins. Both of his daughters are listed in the book of Acts as legitimate, authorized prophets. Hmm. So in the earliest possible days of the church— Women were being accepted in the field of, of prophecy as valid spokesmen for the Lord God. Listen to them. They are chosen by God. Right. If they're chosen by God, they're pretty much, you, yeah. you might want to listen, right? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, this, yeah, anyway. Okay. 
Have you given a sermon title yet? Calling this one A Prophet Like Me, because Jesus is the fulfillment somewhere around twelve to 1,400 years after Moses' prophecy. He's the only other one, like Moses, to be prophet, priest, and king. Okay. So if you'd like to listen to the sermon the Rocky Delivers, it'll be on our website at www.pondergmc.org. At the top is a menu called Ministries. Click that, go down to Sermons, and look for the sermon title, A Prophet Like Me. And this will have been delivered on November 12th, 2023. Where are we going next week? Next week, we're going to examine the role of, of Christ as high priest. All right. That'll be interesting as well. Yeah. Okay. So... As we wrap this episode up, remember the wise words of Douglas Adams. I love deadlines. I love the whooshing sound they make as they fly by. (laughs) With that, I think we'll close this episode. This is Ken Corkins and Rocky Ellison reminding you to love God and be nice to people. Thanks for tuning in. You can find us at www.pondergmc.org. There, you can watch our live stream services, listen to replays of Rocky's sermons, and find other interesting information about us. This has been Pondering the Bible. Read.